Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we watch and rewatch the 90s animated series Reboot. I'm Ben. And I'm Jessica. I've been a fan for a long time. And I'm watching this for the first time. Each week we'll take an episode, dissect it, inject some trivia, and find our frostiest moments. This week we're doing Season 2, Episode 4, Bad Bob. So how was your week, Jess? Uh, pretty good. I had my birthday last week. Oh, happy birthday! I can now officially become president. <laughs> That's right. Vote for me in November, people. How about you? How was your week? Oh, it's been okay. Been uh, heading out to various local cities. I've been going like to Ithaca and other spots. Nothing too exciting. Kind of on the the calm down now from Hawaii. So, <laughs> trying to get the creative mode back and do some drawing again. Nice. I saw your little character that you made. It was fun. <laughs> well, let's get started, shall we? Oh, please, let's. This is a good one. Great. <laughs> Today we're doing Season 2, Episode 4, Bad Bob. It first aired back in September 21st, 1995. It was written by and story by Martin Boriki and Susan Turner. And we open up in mainframe. We are in Megabyte Sector, and the camera pretty much goes all the way from the tour to the principal office. It's a long, slow, dramatic zoom there. <laughs> yeah, and then we get this fun turnaround, and as we turn around, we see we've been kind of going ahead of this force that uh, Megabyte has sent towards the principal office. Yeah, there's an attack. A whole bunch of vehicles appear flying around the building. Security jumps into action and swarms around them. I don't think we've ever seen this much traffic in the sky before. No, definitely not. And we get the security yelling, scramble, 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 over the loudspeaker as they all jump into their cars and head off to an aerial battle. We get to see Fong coordinating or possibly playing a computer game real quick. <laughs> uh, my bet is on computer game. Before we cut away entirely to a much calmer scene. Yeah, it's uh, Dot's Diner and uh, Bob's car stalls out and falls out of the sky right in front of this biker chick binome. Hey, you having problems with your interocitor? He is. It's apparently a very common thing. <laughs> She's got like this whole leather outfit look, like with a leopard print bra and earring, even like black eyeliner around her right there. It's pretty fun. They're obviously bringing her in to kind of set up the theme of this episode. Uh, but she's fun in and of herself, especially this kind of like this feeling that she has this off-screen relationship with Bob where they, you know, probably go to car shows and see each other occasionally. <laughs> So they start talking shop when Enzo and Frisket fly in on a brand new hover cart, which Enzo is all too eager to rattle off the stats on, even quoting the tagline. In an XMP48, you think you're there, and you're there. Yeah, apparently this is a very popular commercial because they're able to finish the tagline with ease. This is like starting to sing the Kit Kat song. Everyone knows what's going on here. Mike the TV is probably like repeating it ad nauseum. Speaking of which, where's the Mike the TV been? Yeah, he hasn't been in this season so far. I'm surprised he wasn't in this episode. He would have been pretty fun to see in, in that world. <laughs> yeah, so Dot comes out and she wants to speak to Bob in private, leaving the other two to work on the car. And uh, Enzo's like, it's always the interocitor. <laughs> Even Enzo knows what your problem is, Bob. So Dot's unhappy uh, with Bob for telling tales of the supercomputer and letting Enzo follow him into games. Yeah, he's about to protest, I never. And we don't get to hear what he never does. 
But if he's about to say, I never do that stuff, he's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, before he can even argue, there's an explosion. Fong calls up Bob, tries to get a message out, but he gets cut off. And meanwhile, Dot gets a call from the security forces on her iPad, telling them that the principal core is under attack by Megabyte. You see, this is what you get for helping him out last week. Seriously. Dot's already in charge. She's ordering people around. She's going to set up operations over at the diner. Bob's already gone. Bob's gone. (laughs) Bob's flying off. And she lets Enzo know there's work to do. Yeah, she uh, tells him to call in backup and goes to work at ops. And we cut over to Megabyte, uh, or Megabyte's forces, rather. One of his tanks is firing lasers at the hovering sphere on the top of the principal office. And Air Doctor is monitoring the action on a screen when Megabyte's image appears. One more hit and the subsphere will be deleted. Everything is going to plan. (laughs) And so the sphere explodes into this beam of blue light, and then a capsule is maneuvered into place and filled up with the energy beam. Yeah, he's he's writing on it. It looks like a giant version of those tubes you put in the bank when you're going through the drive-thru. Yeah, it's uh, one of those um, pneumatic tubes. Yeah. And uh, Air Doctor is riding on top of this giant tube as it floats into position to gather up what we learn is the energy of the core. <laughs> There's still this great aerial battle that's happening, too, in the background. Right. Hack and Slash are kind of zooming in between stuff, and they come over to the camera to talk to us for a little bit. They deliver some meta commentary here. Oh, boy. Stealing the core energy. Again. I hope it works this time. Yeah, he's getting so depressed. I loved it. It was so great. It would have felt weird i think in season one to like have them come over to the camera and and do their little thing but it really works here and talking about how megabyte's been being really depressed is cracking me up (laughs) well because his plans keep getting foiled (laughs) look of course your plans get getting foiled you're the villain (laughs) don't you watch the show megabyte so he megabyte pulls up and he's telling hack and slash to take care of bob but bob's already behind them deactivating their rockets so they uh they just fly plummet to the ground as bob delivers his bugs bunny one-liner good help is so hard to find (laughs) ain't i a stinker and air doctor's goofing off we see him playing solitaire (laughs) (laughs) which allows bob to come up behind him and use the glitch cutters to cut the monitor off which lands straight on his digits (laughs) digits <laughs> like slams the computer down on his fingers there and they get they get all fat and bandaged up <laughs> i do like how they're bandaged immediately yeah i got a good laugh out of that My digits. and uh just as bob gets confronted by megabyte a game arrives but something's different the voice is glitching out the cubes all warped and swaying yeah you can tell immediately that something is wrong uh we get to dot running operations and letting everyone know what's going on but she can see Enzo heading right towards the game in the middle of a war zone. Hold your fire! That kid is in so much trouble. (laughs) Enzo, he swoops in and knocks Megabyte into this pool of water that happened to be right behind him. I don't remember seeing that there before. Well, that was was the energy. That was the top of the tube. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I mean, it looks like it's energy water? Water energy? Something like that. Bob stands glitch to retrieve his car as Megabyte just starts like melting and groaning in the pool. I couldn't tell if he was, like, expanding or if it was just, like, the water's distortion. Yeah, no, he definitely was. He definitely, you could see his face kind of shifting and, like, growing. Like, one of those little, like, pills you throw in the water and turn it into an animal or a dinosaur. Either way, dude can't swim. Yeah. (laughs) Which I guess we learned back in in the dinosaur episode where he fell into the tar and immediately started falling. I think he's got a lot of body mass is what it is. He's too heavy. And Act 1 ends just as the game lands. And then we get into Act 2, and already this episode feels 
different. Mm -hmm. Just the scene as we get this guitar music blaring and we get this slow pan at the bottom of the car over to the awesome boots, which are now all cool and like (laughs) studded. Uh, We get the reboot off screen and then we pan up and we see Bob leather clad five o'clock shadow giving this little like glary eyes right at you on the screen. He's in a dusty wasteland and he's gone full Mad Max. And it's great. (laughs) (laughs) He snarls and drives off and we get a binome pounding sand and yelling, you maniacs, you blew it up. Do you recognize the binome? I didn't. This is Captain Quirk. Is that? That's got. <laughs> well, he's uh, he's quoting Planet of the Apes, so I would, yeah. I would assume it would have been Charles and Heston. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of a Will Shatner doing a Charles and Heston impression. It feels very right. <laughs> but as he says that, like we kind of pan over and we see that the game has essentially severed the core in half. Like we pan over to the other side. Yeah, it's a really fun pan because you get it inside where Will Shatner's yelling at this destroyed principal office. And the, it just does this whole pan around and you pop out of the game and you see the nice white marble or whatever the in-game <laughs> equivalent is. So Dot's watching from her workstation and she wants answers. She wants a scan of the interior, a new subsphere put in, and find out what's happening with these power surges. Meanwhile, Cecil's just in the background just spinning out of control. <laughs> Cecil. And we, we kind of pan out of the diner while she's saying this too. And we get to see these power surges are happening everywhere. The little like bulletin boards are kind of popping in and out. Uh, the numbers are kind of fading in and out. So there's definitely, it's affecting all of mainframe. And then we cut back to inside the game and Bob is driving angry with a guitar soundtrack behind him. Fong appears in a helicopter above him. And this is where I'm like, oh man. And I start really getting into it. <laughs> Fong's little one-man copter and his little, like, aviator cap. They're so good! If we weren't sure of it being a Mad Max reference, this definitely secures it. He manages to pop up on Bob's screen, which I thought was interesting, that he's both flying next to Bob and (laughs) up on the screen, and informs him about what's going on. So we learn that the energy is trapped with them in the game, and if the game leaves, doesn't matter who wins, the energy goes with it, dooming mainframe. So Bob has to keep the game going long enough to get the energy back. Right, yeah, the goal is not to win, but just to keep the game going, which I thought was a nice stakes. Yeah. So like we finally get something like where it feels like real danger. <laughs> it really does. The only problem is Enzo's in the game, and he's playing to win. Yeah, he doesn't know <laughs> the plan. So he's going right after the user, and we cut to a dirtbag-looking Enzo and Frisket in their own vehicle, trying to run the user off the road. I love their little cart. Uh, the cart was fun before with Frisket in the little in the passenger seat, but even it's even better now, especially with Enzo's long hair that he's got going on and the under under eye makeup. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so they start approaching a cramped tunnel and are right behind a giant truck holding the energy tube as, uh, knives come out of the tires to try and trip him up. Yeah, so he can't really maneuver himself away from the blades that are coming out of the user's tires. And he can't go closer to the user because then he'll blow up. So, (laughs) we cut over to this awesome... This is my favorite vehicle. It's so good. I thought it was a space shuttle at first, but uh, the wiki's informing me it's actually a Boeing 747. Either way, it's massive and it's huge and it's great. Yeah, it's a giant like converted airplane stripped of its wings and with like added tank treads. And it's coming barreling alongside some biker binomes as Bob zooms ahead of it. And it's only, it's only the very front of it too. It has no back. It has like no tube portion of it. It's only the front. And it is like at least 50 feet taller than everything else. It's so good. <laughs> 
And who's inside? It's our friends. It's our friends. It's our two favorite aviators. And, and they're like, oh, what, Bob's here? Well, we're all set. I'll have that cocoa now. <laughs> yeah, we don't got to do anything. It's fine. So uh, Enzo manages to outmaneuver and avoid getting spiked and uh, boosts ahead of the big truck, only to see that the front of it is a train engine with Megabyte's face on it. Oh, this is so good. He's Blaine the Pain, and he's got a cow catcher and everything. It's so good. <laughs> oh, we get to see that Hack and Slash are screaming on top of the energy-carrying Megabyte truck. Hack is crying, and Slash is yelling, Hack is afraid! <laughs> yeah, they're screaming in terror, like, because uh, the boss has gone mad. Which, Enzo does the really smart thing here. He sees what's going on, and he's like, you know what? This is above my pay grade. I'm going to turn around and get Bob. <laughs> yeah, he's no longer concerned with winning, and uh, he's like, uh, go, go get some help. And finds Bob cursing at his vehicle, which stalled out yet again. It's the interocitor. <laughs> so Bob decides to hitch a ride and motions for Frisket to leave the seat, and Frisket <laughs> just looks at him like, the fuck do you think you're talking to? <laughs> That's such a fun gag. This little, like, glare between the two of them, and then the next shot is Frisket sitting comfortably in the front seat with Bob in the back. He's just pouting in the back. <laughs> and they pull up next to the Megabyte truck, and Bob manages to jump on board. Uh, and they start to go over a bridge, and he starts to, like, oh, no, what's going to happen? But he gets yeah. pulled up to safety by Hack and Slash, saying that Megabyte's gone bananas. They are ready to switch sides right now. <laughs> They're very concerned about poor Megabyte's health. Yeah. <laughs> so he climbs into the driver's seat and discovers that Air Doctor is still nursing his injured digits. My digits. <laughs> and so they reach, reaching the end of the line, Bob swings the truck around, and for once, we actually get a repeated multi-angle shot that actually works. We do. As they pull in so close to dropping it off at some kind of depot. It's like a receptacle, yeah. Like I think that's where the energy would have been emptied into, maybe? Maybe, but then he turns it right around. Yeah, he steps on the gas, pulls away from it in the nick of time, and even Hack and Slash are relieved. <laughs> Hack is crying, and Slash is letting Emery know that Hack is crying. <laughs> <laughs> He's just putting him on blast. So, heading back to the core now, Bob is driving the mega truck with Enzo on point, and after a near miss with the user in hot pursuit. We jump back into mainframe for a little bit where Doc gets a status update from number one. Yeah, <laughs> so so she says number one. She says, what have you got for me, number one? And we see an actual numeral one who yes. is inexplicably voiced like Sean Connery. <laughs> I, I guess I was assuming Riker, but... <laughs> yeah, you would assume. You would assume they'd go for Riker, but no, they went for Sean Connery. It's a volatile situation. <laughs> his goatee is kind of, like, off-kilter because his mouth is, like, off to the side, so it's, like, not quite centered. <laughs> but he's still wearing a Star Trek uniform. He explains that it's a uh, volatile situation, and what's worse is that the stolen energy will be dissipating soon, and Mainframe will be offline. We get a couple of binomes off to the side talking about Bob. He's talking shit. They're like, he's like, I guess uh, maybe the Guardian should have stayed out here and helped. Dot is not having that. <laughs> she flips out on them. She's like, what did you say, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? So back in the game... The train is barreling back towards the narrow tunnel, right towards the big plane, which tries to take evasive maneuvers, but there's nowhere to go. Yeah, they're, they're going straight at him, and there's, there's no maneuver room. Uh, we get this kind of unnecessary back and forth where Enzo like doesn't realize that there's a giant plane headed his way. But once he does, this little like eye-opening pop that he does... It's a little more subtle than they've normally done it. Mm. It's hilarious. Like, I don't know if you, like, noticed that, but, like, 
his face is so great there. Luckily, Frisket is of a calmer mind than Enzo, grabs the wheel, and drives him away from the impending crash. That's when Bob discovers that uh, there ain't no brakes on this train. I don't know how he managed to turn around earlier without the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. What the- I guess we'll give it to him. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. So, uh, yeah, it's the guys in the um, the Boeing are like, Crocky Binky, I think we bought it. Again, sir. And we get... A, f- a bunch of fun stuff here as the megabyte truck barrels through the shuttle. First, we get this kind of like flash photo booth moment as everyone's about to crash. Yeah. And then after it runs through, the megabyte truck just barrels through this plane with no problem and then starts throwing binomes left and right. We get a, uh, a Lord Humongous binome. Yeah, he's like baning around. We steal my binomes of war. Just Walk away. <laughs> uh, he just has to run away because Enzo's cart is out of control. And then as a uh, Binky and company are getting their last biscuits in, air masks drop from above because of the pressure change. And then we see Frisket. He's navigating the cart still through a minefield using his nose cam. Yeah, I wasn't sure. So those were those were mines? I wasn't sure if they were dodging gunfire like from the user. No, yeah, those were mines that were popping up out of the ground. Okay. And then uh, Bob steps on the gas, determined to beat the user, while Enzo and Frisket just fall over a cliff <laughs> unexpectedly. <laughs> he was letting a, a dog drive, so. <laughs> but who should save them but the Fong copter? I think Fong took a bullet to the eye. His uh, One of his lenses is shattered in sunglasses. <laughs> So this is actually, uh, someone pointed this out online, the glasses are shattered in the exact same way that they are in the uh, season one finale. So it's, it's probably just using the same model. You already have the prop. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so as Bob is approaching the core, he tells Hair Doctor to get up to Hack and Slash and tell them to uncouple the trailer when he sounds the horn. And the uh, Doc protests, but my fingers! <laughs> Uh, you better get used to mind digits. It's 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 a thing now. Oh, so he's permanently broken hands. <laughs> <laughs> the user has managed to catch up to Bob and is firing at him with this kind of roof gun he's got. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a fun thing where the doctor is attempting to climb up onto the truck and we get to see like the target moving on the gun as it's trying to get to the tire behind the doctor and the doctor keeps like moving and trying to get away from it. <laughs> And uh, so flying above, Enzo gets an idea on how to stop the user without ending the game. I have an idea. An idea is good. And sends Frisket to jump down and grab onto the car from behind, holding it back. Which works, but only temporarily. And that's really all the time they need it, because uh, Air Doctor finally gets a hold of Hack and Slash and gets them to uncouple the tank, though they happen to be on the wrong side. Yeah, so the tank flips over and crushes them and the user's car while sliding into the core just in time as the game ends. I loved that. That was so good. Like We get this real like sense of drama uh, where they've killed the user. The game is done, and it's just sliding into this like home plate just in time. No, that was some good drama. I like that. <laughs> the uh, purple cube straightens out, flies back into the sky, leaving everyone kind of speechless, catching their breath for a minute, you know? <laughs> Megabyte's staring up there, and I think Hack and Slash is right. He looks really depressed right now. He's just like, no. I had it. My Transformer. It was in my hands. <laughs> so when uh, Bob kind of gloats a little bit, he threatens him with his snicked claws. And uh, when Dot coughs, announcing your presence as well as an entire army. He heads off in his limo. Next time, Guardian. And we get to see when he opens up his limo door that Hack and Slash are already in pieces in there. He's like, sorry, boss, it happened again. Yeah, he's like, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then we kind of finish up with this last little bit here where Enzo and Frisket arrive. Dot asks if they're okay, and they are. And she's like, good, now don't do it again. And Bob, I'll deal with you later. She goes straight from concerned mom to angry mom. <laughs> You're fine? All right, I can yell at you now. Yeah, and so as mom leaves, Bob's like, okay, listen, you can't keep following me into games, but hey, I couldn't have done it without you, kid. Enzo goes from devastated to, like, as proud as he could possibly be. Yeah, he, he grins sappily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what, what did you think of this one? Did you like this one? Oh, this episode was so good! It was very good. I really liked this one. I'll, I'll be honest, I was kind of getting a little nervous because the first three episodes, I mean, they were solid narrative-wise, but I just wasn't, like, feeling them. No, this was definitely the first, like, really great episode of the season. It really was. It, it like, brought me into it between the music and, like, some of the, the shots that they had... And, like, feeling those stakes at the end where you were, like, really, like, oh, man, is there, are they going to make it? I would say from, from Act 2 on, like, it just kept going. It's like like Fury Road, like how it just, like, keeps driving and driving and building and building and just keeps going and doesn't stop. And, like, I think the soundtrack has a lot to do with it. I think the soundtrack had a huge amount to do with it. The soundtrack was amazing for this episode. The only thing really missing was a Doof Warrior, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things that I thought was really fun about this episode, in addition to the entire episode, was that we're getting some, like, layers in here now that are going to come back and be, like, overarching story. Like, they're starting already now to put more of that in there. So we're getting Dot being concerned about Enzo being in the game and Enzo's kind of reaction to Bob's influence and then on top of that, we're getting that Megabyte's kind of done. Like, he, at this point, is like, I've had enough of this, and that is actually going to, like, come back, which is pretty cool. <laughs> He's like, enough with the story of the weak stuff. Like, I can't do it anymore. I can't be your patsy. We're laying, laying some foundation here for some future stuff, which is going to be pretty fun. I, uh, I was a little disappointed that the Megabyte as a truck didn't really have any agency. Like, Hack and Slash were kind of freaking out, but, like, he was just a face on a truck, essentially. True. He wasn't driving the truck. He wasn't pushing it forward. You could sit in the truck and drive it without him. It was just, like, a basically a Megabyte mask. For all intents and purposes. And it was kind of a weird, like, anticlimactic button to end on, but, I mean, God, like, the rest of it was just a fun episode. The, uh, it felt like the jokes and callbacks were perfect, and I could really feel, like, the tension and suspense, you know? Yeah, definitely. It just felt, like, beyond solid, it was entertaining, and you were drawn into the episode. I had legitimate, like, guffaws, like, several times. Yes! <laughs> uh, Hack and Slash were cracking me up the whole time. Solid episode. Definitely the best one of the season so far. A+. plus. Pixelacious! So, what do we got for bits and bites? Oh, so a ton. Yeah, we do, definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll start with the obvious. Mad Max, all over the place. So, we actually had someone email us about this, too. Uh, but Brendan McCarthy, who was one of the storyboarders on this episode, uh, went on to be the storyboarder slash writer for Fury Road. Oh, really? Yeah. So, a lot of the things that we see in here, obviously, Brendan McCarthy really was a big fan of Mad Max. <laughs> he went on to write for it. Uh, but even that opening moment where we get to see the pan of the car to the feet is, is very similar to what we see in Fury Road. And having that canyon with the giant truck coming at it and like discoupling is also very much like Fury Road. So he, he obviously played with a lot of ideas here that he ended up growing and evolving and becoming part of the Fury Road movie. Personally, Fury Road is one of my all-time favorite movies. I think it's 
as close to perfect a movie as you can get. It's pretty great. So obviously, Brendan McCarthy working this episode, it should be no surprise that it was really enjoyable. (laughs) So of the Mad Max references that we get we do get a little lord humongous yeah which is funny because he's he's real tiny (laughs) we get this really fun song cue when we see uh binky and his friend where they're doing the rule batania song but they're doing it in like awesome metal (laughs) guitar (laughs) i say binky it's the matrix boy <laughs> we get Captain Quirk playing Charleston Heston doing a Planet of the Apes reference. We get the strange half Star Trek reference, half Sean Connery impersonation that is number one. <laughs> so the Interocitor is a reference to the uh 1955 movie this island earth directed by joseph m newman i know that one from the mystery science theater version oh yeah it's actually mystery science theater the movie uh we also get a little dr strange love reference with hi there written on the side of the boeing 747 the freeze frame photo booth thing that they do right before they crash yeah what is that is uh supposed to be a reference to the new york attack scene from a 1964 movie called failsafe which i am completely unfamiliar with and would not know at all if it weren't for the wiki it was an interesting shot and like it, it did stick out to me i was like oh, that's got to be a reference to something yeah they referenced the uh production code when dot asked to initiate security plan 9505 and then the biker lady that we so enjoyed is actually voiced by dot oh yeah (laughs) kathleen barr is the voice of the biker binome uh last but not least this is our last appearance of phil hayes to voice hack oh no my favorite yeah we're we're moving on to someone else we'll have to see next time if we notice a distinct difference in voice i'm gonna be upset this was such a great episode to go out on though they they were like really they were they were on the ball this episode past couple episodes they've been really fun so do we have a game this week is mad max a game mad max is a game (laughs) so this one was real easy (laughs) Uh, obviously the reference is not to any particular game the reference is mad max and i guess all three incarnations that came before fury road right and then kind of prescient to fury road (laughs) in in a lot of ways too yes it's a pre-reference a preference if you will yeah There is a new Mad Max game that came out post-Fury Road. Uh, I have not played that one. Uh, but there was one that came out back in the day, in 1990. And the game was based on Mad Max 2, Road Warrior. So it's actually a remake of a different game called Motor Massacre. They've kind of like reskinned it to be Mad Max. And you're in a car and you're going down the various desert roads and uh, killing various enemies with your car gun. So it actually is very similar to this. I mean, I guess it's not surprising. Uh, the only difference is you kind of stop in these mines where they have like food and fuel and repair services and stuff. And then you don't get those little coins on the side that speed you up. I was just going to say, we kind of, we glossed over the coins that he was picking up. Yeah, so I thought that was real fun because that's actually what you can do in Mario Kart right now. The current Mario Kart, if you drive into the coins, it speeds you up. The more coins you have, the faster you go. This is wrong. This is all wrong. So in the course of watching this episode, Jessica, did you find yourself any frosty moments? I don't even know how to pick. (laughs) <laughs> this whole episode <laughs> so 
I loved the mega truck. I love the design of him. I thought he looked so great. I loved that Boeing 747. I thought it was so fun. It was just so massive compared to everything else. Like it felt like something out of Mad Max, like so over the top. Hack and slash on point. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to give my frostiest moment to the music to the score oh yeah it, it kept you into the episode the entire time it was just so fun and like really made you want to watch fury road <laughs> it was just this uh constant driving force you know exactly it just you felt so into it how about you i mean i'm kind of with you like the whole episode is one big frosty moment you know but uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that you could, like, point to as, like, there was a lot of good, like, jokes and a lot of weird things. I think, though, I'm going to go with the solitaire playing scene as just the, <laughs> the thing that really kind of just stuck out to me as being, like, particularly funny and odd, especially in context, you know? In the middle of a war zone and you're just playing solitaire. Okay. <laughs> that man is playing Galaga. Thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. <laughs> So I, I just put out a question on Twitter just to ask what people's favorite moments are. And so it's a lot of stuff that we already talked about, um, you know, Megabyte being the truck and just like the quotes of, but mine digits, and, <laughs> you know, Frisket giving Bob the bitch please look, you know, when, when asked to switch seats. Yeah. So uh, Mike, uh, at Mike Instinctively on Twitter, uh, loved the collision, uh, which, yeah, I'm there with you. That was great. Just having him just ram right through that thing was so on point for Mad Max. Bird Up, who's at Malwave on Twitter, was also Megatruck and Let's Get Busy, which was, yes, an awesome line. Nolan Hayes uh, brings up that this is the uh, end of the first major story arc of Enzo's air cart. Oh, poor Enzo's air cart. Yeah, we have throughout the last few episodes seen mentions of it. That's the whole reason why he went to the junkyard in high code was to get stuff for his air cart. So now he, he has a fully completed air cart. Uh, and then Vindolf Dwarf, who's at Vindolf, uh, mentions that Enzo and Frisket managed to fall off that cliff and Fong catches them without getting chopped up by the rotors. But uh, Gavin's letting us know that he just banked just right. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan Hayes also uh, brings up, like, that seems like she's being a little unfair. You know, stop feeding Enzo tales of the supercomputer. He's like, but Enzo actually saw it last week. And then, like, you know, don't go into games, but, like, you know, his going into games has saved the city, especially back when he was super smart. So... <laughs> He thinks that uh, Doc could give Enzo a little bit more credit. <laughs> well, I think we're starting to, as I mentioned, lay some foundations. I think Dot here is trying to give us more of a, no, there are real stakes. I could really lose my brother if he goes into these games. Like This is a, this is a danger. Up until now, it kind of hasn't been. They've kind of just been like, oh, we're going to the game and it's fun. Cool. We're starting to see some character work lay down for uh, stuff that will come later. So it does feel like it's coming a little bit out of nowhere compared to the energy that we've had up until now. But I think this is a turning point for us. I think from here on out, we're going to get a, little, a lot more realism with us. <laughs> we also want to bring up, we have a couple new Patreon supporters, so we want to give them some shout outs. And with that, actually, I think our uh, we're, we're just about halfway to our first goal of uh, 25 patrons, at which point we will delve into the reboot PlayStation game if we get 25 patrons and we're about halfway there now. So want to thank our newest $2 supporter, Aaron H or Ike. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. And then even, even better, uh, our $5 backer, Jean-Frédéric Hoops. Does our $5 backer get a nickname? They do. They get a special nickname. So what do we got? Well, Jean-Frédéric reminds me of Jean-Luc. <laughs> and that was what we call number one. <laughs> number five, $5 backer. 
Thank you very much, number five. All right, thank you guys for supporting us. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I think it's time to make this voyage unprofitable. So is there anything you'd like to recommend this week? Uh, yeah, so one of the people I met up in Alaska, uh, his name is Matthew Bogart. He's doing this series of comics called The Incredible Doom. They're these little like mini booklet comics and they're all set in the 90s and they're all about these teenagers that find refuge in these online forums. Uh, there's four out right now. They're very, very good and I highly suggest them. Uh, so you can check him out on Twitter. He's at Matthew Bogart. Um, and if you go to his Patreon, um, you can actually get 50% off the issues if you become a patron. So you can help them make more and you can get discount access to the actual issues. They're really good. And you can read the uh, first two online for free at theincredibledoom.com uh, if you want to. But they're, they're real fun, like little comics to have in your hand, too, because they're kind of only like, what, three by four or something like that. Great art. Great story. Give it a shot. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I'm actually going to recommend some of my favorite cartoonists as well. Today I'll feature Jim Woodring. He uh, does a lot of different things, but mostly, probably most famous is his Frank stories. Uh, he does these like kind of really beautiful black and white surreal artwork, and Frank is this like kind of generic anthropomorph, um, which I always thought was a bit of a squirrel. He had, but he kind of looks like has like a Warner Brothers kind of Bugs Bunny look to him. But yeah, so he goes on these like weird adventures and they're mostly, actually no, they're entirely dialogue free. It's all just surreal artwork and weird stories and weird characters. There's the Frank book and then there's a few other like graphic novel length ones called Weathercraft, Congress of the Animals, and Fran is the newest one. But yeah, see really good. You should check them out. Awesome. So what are we looking at next week? Hex is back, and she found the paint program. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next week is episode five, Painted Windows, uh, and we get to we get to enjoy some more Hex action. It's nice. It's, it'll be nice to have her back again. So that's about going to do it for us this week. You can always find us online at Incoming Game Cast on Facebook and Incoming Game Pod on Twitter, as well as IncomingGameCast.com. You can find me at Dudworks on the various social medias. Um, and dudworks.com. And you can find me at Sturbina Lady. Uh, it's on Twitter, on Instagram, occasionally on Tumblr, I don't know, all over the place. And our uh, Patreon, should you want to support us, is patreon.com slash incoming game. And then uh, we have all kinds of rewards. You get episodes a week early, you can get stickers at certain levels, and it just goes on from there. We also want to thank Kevin McLeod for doing our theme music, Spasmatica Polka. And I think uh, that's about going to do it, right? I think we're good. Stay frosty, folks. Game over. User wins.